Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Cyber. This is your host, Joe Vink. Now, I am fortunate to welcome Ross Young to the show today. Now, if you don't know Ross, uh, he is the CISO at Caterpillar Financial Services, which is the bank behind the large manufacturer, Caterpillar. Prior to his time at Caterpillar Financial Services, Ross spent about 15 years uh, working on the U.S. federal side, working with organizations like the CIA, NSA, and Federal Reserve Board. Um, did a quick stint at Capital One, leading some DevOps functions um, prior to his role at Caterpillar as well. Now, when I was getting ready for the conversation with Ross and ultimately sort of where the discussion went, um, the area that we spent the majority of our time discussing is sort of this pendulum, if you will, between completely locked down security and complete business innovation, right? And trying to find the sweet spot, if you will, on this pendulum where security is allowing the business to innovate and really enabling them to innovate, but with the appropriate amount of security to support it. Um, so what we discussed is one, how do you find this sweet spot? And two, how do you sort of articulate, right? That there has to be sort of a balance between these two. Um, and how do you position yourself as a security leader to um, enable and sort of support that innovation rather than just be the thing that holds it back um, from deploying product on time or something like that? So really great discussion with Ross. He's pretty visionary in how he thinks about these things and how he communicates, how he writes as well. So um, hope you all enjoy the show. And again, huge thank you to Ross Young, CISO at Caterpillar Financial Services for joining me. Well, the party is off to a good start. Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you. Super excited to be here, Joe. Of course. Well, as a way of kicking off, uh, why don't you tell us maybe a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got into cybersecurity? Yeah, so I'm one of the first generation of CISOs that probably knew from the get-go they wanted to be a CISO. So I started in 2005. I was a MBA student at Idaho State, and I did an MBA in a focus of information assurance. And really through that time, you know, I, I knew I wanted this career in cybersecurity. So I did a couple of uh, short stints. I did my internship up at the National Security Agency. I did a year at the Federal Reserve Board and really spent the bulk of my career at the Central Intelligence Agency from the offensive uh, side of the house to running the DevOps organization. And then finally I switched out of the federal sector to go to the private sector at Capital One where I spent about the last year and a half doing DevSecOps and uh, container and Kubernetes security policy and implementation. Finally, I'm, I'm in my current role as the CISO at Caterpillar Financial Services Corporation, which is the bank behind the large construction company that everybody knows so well. That's great. And as you went through that transition from, let's see, 10 years plus in the government space to then some of the largest, most well-known brands in the U.S. corporate side, what were some of those big changes you first had to deal with? I think one of the biggest things you have to understand is there's different ways of doing things. 
So imagine there's a pendulum of how much do you want security versus how much do you want to enable developers? On one side, if you have 100% developer enablement, you have uh, the Wild West. They can do whatever they want. There's no security controls and it's, it's very chaotic. On the other side, if you have too much security, well, you have uh, lack of innovation, right? Developers can't do anything. You have, you know, six months security approvals. And somewhere in between, there's that healthy balance. So how do you pull from both sides to get to a better state for an organization? Sure. And just to sort of dig into that, I mean, how do you go about, I guess, determining the appropriate balance, right, from one end of that pendulum to the other? How do you balance the security with enabling developers to innovate? I think you have to really tackle the biggest threats first. So if you're building a web application, what are the, let's say, top three things you really have to get right? You know, the first thing is you probably need to have a robust patch management program. If you're not patching your OSs and your middleware and your application libraries, bad things are probably going to happen to your website. The second thing is how do you have a hardened configuration that has been vetted, right? So if you're setting up a Nginx server or an Apache server or something like that, there's probably a DISA-STIG or a CIS benchmark that you could compare that to to make sure that's configured properly. And then the third piece is the custom code that you have developed. How do you have something that checks that code for vulnerabilities? If you cover those basic three, nine times out of 10, you probably have a really good website. Now there's a hundred other controls that you can do from logging, monitoring, compliance, GRC. But if you really focus on, do we have those core three basics done right? You're probably gonna end up in a safe space. Cool, okay. So when you think about that, you just the focus on the fundamentals, if you will, and also articulating that to traditionally a non-technical audience, right? If there's maybe a business initiative to stand up a new website, let's just continue with that example. How do you think through, you know, educating and ultimately just helping the business understand the risk associated with that new initiative? How do you approach that sort of discussion from your chairs? Uh, you know, CISO of, of Caterpillar Financial Services? I think the first thing is understanding, let's say the operations and maintenance cost, right? Just like when you go and you buy a new car, you know, there's certain things that you get for free and it just works. And then there's other things you have to do to, let's say, maintain the lifespan of the car, right? You have to do oil changes, you have to do tune-ups, you have to do all these things to to keep the tire pressure working and all the little things. Same thing with, with websites, right? Software ages like milk, not like wine. So how do we do those little things to, to make sure our site is still patched? And depending on the site, it may actually be up to 50 to 70% of developer time maintaining that. So you have to identify those. And a lot of time that comes from tracking things and in in sprint story points or time cards and relaying that back to the, to the business. Yeah. So once you have identified that, hey, here's the percentage of time we can allocate for new features, then you can kind of have those discussions with the business of, okay, I got X amount of hours, I can build these sorts of things. Which do you want to prioritize first? And then you enable the business to perform those sorts of functions as an Got IT it. organization. Okay. And so at the core of that, of course, is 
just fundamentally a uh, having the personality, I guess, traits or characteristic of being a good communicator. Um, one thing just when I was preparing for the interview and you mentioned it during your introduction of having an MBA and then uh, as a, you know, the focus for the MBA of information assurance, I'm curious how you think your business background maybe prepares you to be a good communicator. And if it didn't, then what has enabled you to be a good communicator, even with groups who are traditionally maybe um, non-technical in orientation? So the MBA really brought out my communication skills and my writing skills. There's a lot of business cases you're always writing. And I think one of the biggest things you'll notice from an MBA program that's different from a science or an engineering program is there is no one right answer, right? A lot of times when it comes to a science or major, you're going to say this is the most optimized solution. But when it comes to MBAs, it's, there's 10 ways you could take this program and build it. And we don't know unless we've tried all 10 at that period of time and, and, and monitored those sorts of things. So what might be a good enough solution and how could you justify that through a proven business framework? So you might use something like a Porter's Five Forces Analysis or a Lean Canvas or something like that to identify the opportunities, the gaps and traps of pursuing this strategy. And when you articulate those to the business user, I think the first thing you have to focus on is a shared goal or objective. If both security and the business can say, this is where we want to get to that's better than where we are today, that shared vision really helps bridge the partnerships. And if you don't yeah. have the shared vision, you're really going to have a hard time fighting the whole way through. But if you can at least let's say, work to that shared goal, then you can look through the various solutions to say, this one gets us closer to this. There might be some hurdles with it, but let's, let's get to a better state than where we are now. Sure. Yeah, I love that. So you're working together to sort of ultimately sort of determine the same outcomes. So that's great. Um, you know, when you think about sort of your program today, uh, one thing that I, I think is personally fascinating about security is that it's always changing, right? Five years ago was very different than 10 years ago. Um, so how do you envision your program continuing to mature and evolve over the next couple of years? You know, I think some of the biggest things that we're seeing is definitely in cloud is taking off, but really where is DevOps going as, as a fundamental piece of the industry? Everybody wants to automate and standardize, but what are the same things we should have from organization to organization? I think we're going to start seeing some more polished frameworks coming out of places like NIST to standardize that journey and really centralize it across so many industries. I think that's probably the biggest change that I see coming. Got it. Okay. And within that, I mean, how do you envision sort of, the perspective of cyber changing within a business in terms of, do you envision the spotlight getting bigger, getting smaller? How do you envision that maybe changing, if at all, uh, into the future? I don't think cyber is going away. If anything, it's the biggest risk in every financial institution today. What we're seeing is it changing from cyber to probably more risk focus, which can be larger than cyber and, and threat focused, right? You don't stop a, a risk. You stop the threat behind the risk. And 
And when we look at that, it transforms to maybe a chief risk officer function and you have legal controls, finance controls, and all of the other controls and cyber is one piece of solving that equation. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a shift around the roles that way. And there's probably going to be more of a split between what are the technical controls that I need to do and what are the human uh, training and processes that I need to control to, let's say, solve a problem. I think they're going to be two different types of people. I think the latter is more the GRC types of individuals, the governance, risk, and compliance versus the former of heavy technical controls is probably someone who's come through building the security engineering portion of an organization, the WAFs, the firewalls, the SIMs, the SOCs, all the traditional defensive technologies. Yeah. Okay. And if you are maybe getting started within a new role, let's just say hypothetically speaking, you're the new CISO at ABC organization. Um, What do you see as the sort of primary tasks and things that you need to accomplish within your first 90 days? And of course, this can vary a ton, right? But just as a maybe general rules of thumb, what would your main areas of focus be? I believe cyber has two core focuses for every organization. One, it's to safeguard the organization against the biggest threats. And the second is we need to enable the business to make money, to to perform its core function. So what I would recommend for the first is interview lots of people and find out what the biggest threats to the organization are. And once you've identified, let's say a top four or five of those, how do you build a defensive plan that identifies, detects, protects against those types of threats? The second thing that I would say is the business enablement. The business needs to operate and that means they have to meet let's say compliance objectives, regulatory things like FISMA, HIPAA, uh, PCI compliance. Helping to take care of that for the organization is so key because it allows them to effectively operate. Yeah. Another piece of business enablement is have we taught the, the users how to safely protect themselves against the digital world, the security awareness training? Right. That's something that's really unique to our organization if we need to provide that for the organization to better uh, protect the organization from human-related risks. Got it. Cool. Great, Ross. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left, so we're going to step into the rapid-fire round. Um, basic premise is I ask you a quick question, you share whatever comes to mind. Sound good? Perfect. Let's do it. Cool. So what book are you currently reading right now? Mostly I, I listen to more podcasts and blogs. Okay. I don't really read books these days, if, if you <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about uh, maybe a podcast you're listening to, of course, other than this one uh, that you're really enjoying today. Yeah. I like the new CISO and CISO vendor relationship podcasts. Those that help you think of new things and how CISOs are doing Uh, new related work is very helpful for me and my role as a CISO along with this podcast as well. Yeah, I love it. Those are both great. So that's awesome. Um, What three words would you use to describe your cybersecurity strategy? 
I would say robust, I would say simple and effective. Love it. And last question, a little bit more philosophical in nature, but if you could turn back the hands of time and meet with your 20 year old self, what advice would you give him? I think the biggest thing that I struggled with was I really knew I wanted to be a leader and a CISO, but I was so focused on that. I didn't always have enough time to enjoy learning the technical expertise and, and being happy in my roles when I was first starting out versus always looking for something better, greener, you know, on the other side. Yeah. So enjoying the opportunities of the small fun jobs, even though you're not the CISO when you're 20. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down and enjoy it. I love it. Good advice. Well, Ross, that's all the time we got. Big thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course.